What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of OT Takes, Overtime Takes, whatever you want to call it. We are back with more college football talk. What's up, ZG? What's up, man? Great day to do a podcast. Um, I missed you last week. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? I did, man. We had a lot of family. A lot of family in town. It was it was good. And yeah, so how, how was yours? How was your Thanksgiving? Very busy. Um, last weekend before Thanksgiving, I went to Michigan to see my grandma. And then this week, I went to my girlfriend's uh, town who... Um, my brother lives in the same town as them, so it was, it was pretty cool. I got to see her family for a little bit. I got to hang out with my family for a little bit, so it, it was nice. That's perfect. See, we're having every – so my family just moved to Chattanooga, and so, like, my mom's family kind of wants to come see the new house. My entire dad's family's coming down for Christmas, like all three of his siblings, their kids, and his parents – both sets of my mom's parents came in for Thanksgiving, so it's just been hectic here. It's been a lot of people in a very short amount of time. Yeah, I realize, like, the older you get, it's like, the more, I don't want to say this, like, to sound bad, but the less fun holidays are, <laughs> to be honest. Dude, like, it's yes. Just, it's a lot of, a lot of logistics, a lot of, uh, a lot of things go into it, so. Yes, it's a lot of, like, hey, I'd love to hang out with you. But I've got this 15-page paper due in two weeks for my final, so I can't really do that. Well, luckily, I don't have to deal with that. But I, I feel your pain. I've been there. I've had a week, man. I've been doing homework all morning. I texted <laughs> you. I'm like, I'm so glad it's Wednesday. Like, this is a perfect break. We forgot it was Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan that's, that's the kind of week it's like, been. <laughs> he was like, what time are you going to do the podcast today? And this was probably like an hour ago. <laughs> and I was like, it's Wednesday? And he was like, yeah, I forgot too. So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into college football, ZG and I started to have this conversation and ZG decided it'd be a great conversation for the podcast. So some of y'all out there, you may listen on Spotify, you may listen to Apple Music, whatever, you know, and I'm a big Spotify guy. You know, the, the Spotify premium for students is like five bucks. So like sign me up. Plus you get Hulu. It's fantastic. So if you're a college student and you want cheap, good music, $5 a month, Spotify and Hulu and Stars or something like that. Great deal. So I'm like, yeah, we we better. Hook me up with that, you know, right? So I'm paying for it or whatever. And, you know, at the end of the year, Spotify does their Spotify wrapped thing, okay? And I guess I went through like a really dark time in March. Which I think we all were going through a dark time in March. You know, March Madness got canceled. You know, it was just, it was a rough day. And apparently, long story short, Russ ended up as my most listened to artist. And I just don't want to accept it. I mean, I, I think you're, I think you're just coming to grips with who you are, Jonathan. I mean, I th- you're a Russ guy. I'm not, though. Like, that's the thing. Like, the proof is in it the gives pudding. You, it gives you your top five most listened to like genres, okay? Number one is like contemporary country. Number two was like worship music. Number three, what was number three? I don't remember what, what number three was. Number four was rap, and then number five was something else. I don't remember. I don't know how he ended up as number one. It said that I listened to one of his songs 84 times, and that's like the song I listened to the most the whole year. And apparently, like 23 of those 84 times came on the same day. So I must have just been 
going through it or something. I don't know. You said we had a we were going through a dark time in March. It seems like you are going through a really really dark time. I quarantine. But again, but again, college is a place where you're supposed to find yourself, and I think you're I think you're realizing that you're a Russ guy. And I don't know if that's good or bad, Jonathan. Everything I've known about you is is questioned at this point. You listened to one Russ song 23 times in one day. I know. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. This could I'm, be a I'm, I'm disappointed in the, myself. This could be a new a new thing. I don't know. I feel like I feel like I've known you pretty well, but like after hearing this, I don't know. Like Okay. You're let's, forever let's erase the, the fact. Guy. Of the podcast let's, after this episode. Let's just ignore the Russ thing for a second. And like, let's just pretend <laughs> you didn't hear it. How if can you, we ignore if you this? Had to take, if you had to take a guess at who you would have thought my most listened to artist this year would have been, who would you have guessed? I don't know, like Chris Stapleton? That's a good guess. See, my guess would have either been Hardy or Drake. It would have been one of those two guys. And it was neither. I was like... What like do you know the last time I listened to Russ? Probably March. Probably this morning. <laughs> March <laughs> is the answer to that question. So I don't know. I don't know what happened. That was just a really rough four weeks, I guess. I'm yeah, I'm I'm disappointed in myself. As you should be. As you should be. Yeah. Anyway, my my top five, just real quick, if we're doing this. I have Apple Music. I don't have Spotify. So it just gives me my top five favorite tracks of the year. Uh, number one's Laugh Now, Cry Later. Um, That's not a surprise. Uh, Life is Good is number two. Uh, two shockers yep. coming in um, off the bat. And we got two little baby songs and then Games on Your Phone by 24K Golden. And the only reason I listen to what? that song a lot. No, no, no. I have an explanation. It's actually a good song. Okay. Well, it's on the 2K soundtrack. It's on the 2K soundtrack. And I went through a phase where on my way to work every day, um, that was the first song that was played. So yeah. Um, okay. No Russ fair. actually made the list. If if anybody was wondering, it's good. <laughs> so yeah, I feel like this is one of those things that I should just own and be like, yeah, like Russ totally should have made your list. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're almost seven minutes into the podcast, and I I am still not over it. I don't know, man. Well, I, I may have to make some blasphemous takes j- just to get you off this Russ thing. Who's the Russ of college football? If I had to put You're my not... team on it just off the top of top of my head, it's Oklahoma State. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess I don't know why it just I, feels right. That's yeah, it, it, it feels right. That's definitely fair. So I, I guess it's safe to say that I am officially on the Russ bus. That's gonna be oh, the God. the intro. I'm gonna do like like losing control as the intro to to the uh, the podcast for like the intro music, and then we can fade out with another one of his songs that I don't know the name of. Your favorite <laughs> songs, yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Let's give the people so, what they came for. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, okay. So I have a serious question regarding football. So with the rankings dropped again last night, and. So we're going to start outside of the, of the Power Five, which is a little weird for us, because I feel like that's mainly where we focus. So sitting at number 13, according to the college football playoff, is number 13, BYU. And then all the way up at number seven is Cincinnati. And I do not know why. 
I feel like they should be ranked closer together just because their strength of schedule is really similar. They've both blown out just about every team that they've played. And to be honest, you know, BYU has a has a Heisman candidate in Zach Wilson. So I feel like if anything, BYU should be higher. Or like Cincinnati and BYU should definitely be closer. I don't think there should be, you know, six teams that that separate them. Yeah, let me actually I want to see where I want to see the strength of schedule cuz I for some reason Cincinnati's got the 64th strength of schedule and BYU has the 71st. And for some reason, people are acting like Cincinnati has played like this infinitely harder schedule. Um, I don't understand it either. I don't really, I, I don't care about it because like, I really think in an, uh, it, college football is not an equal opportunity sport. So if you don't have the resume that other teams do, like, like good, like too bad. Um, you know what I mean? Like I, I don't yeah. really take much consideration. I watched Cincinnati play with basically the same team against Ohio State last year and get shut out 42 to nothing. Like, that that right there was basically where I was like, okay, like, the only way uh, these smaller schools that aren't in the Power Five conferences get in is if, if, if something totally crazy like a pandemic hits and teams are not able to play enough games. Like, this was all before COVID. This, <laughs> this is what I thought. And, <laughs> like, Ohio State's <laughs> going to get four games, like, only play four games up to this point. Florida is going to look like there's a chance. That's the only way. And it's like happening, you know, like the, the craziest yeah. scenario possible to even consider one of these teams is happening. So while it's a good story, I think either of those teams get beat by uh, at least the top eight teams by at least two touchdowns. Yeah, I, I'm with you. As you so, can tell, I'm not big. I'm not big on those two teams being in the discussion. <laughs> yeah, you're not. That's OK. I'm really not either. Yeah, I, I think we're on the same page there. I was just, I just don't know why they're so far apart. Like, I don't think, like, I think thirteen is fair for BYU. I just don't think Cincinnati should be seven. Because, like, honestly, like, if Georgia played Cincinnati, I'd probably take Georgia. If Iowa State played Cincinnati, I'd take Iowa State. If Miami played Cincinnati, I'd take Miami. If Oklahoma played Cincinnati, I'd definitely take Oklahoma. Indiana with with Michael Penix Jr. out, I don't know if I take Indiana there. But but if Michael Penix Jr. is healthy, I take Indiana. You know, so I just I feel like Cincinnati should be lower if if anything. It's got to be one or the other, right? Like Cincinnati either has to be outside of the top ten, or BYU has to be inside of the top ten. I don't think I don't think there's enough like gap in between those two teams to justify that big of a difference in the rankings. When when we're being honest, they're basically the same team. They're basically doing the same things. They both have yes, the quarterbacks and like. Like they're the they're the same team, and <clears throat> there's a reason why they're grouped together. I, I don't understand the committee um, uh, ranking one higher than the other when they've pretty much done the same thing. Yeah, I'm totally totally in agreement. And okay, so you've been on one since Saturday. You know, every time I get on Twitter, I see you just attacking this poor Ohio State football writer or something. And so, please. I, I, w- I want to hear everything you have to say on Ohio State beating Indiana on Saturday. Because you, you've tweeted several things, and not like short little, good win Ohio State, but like long, hey, fans, quit being upset. We only beat Indiana by seven. They were ranked number nine, blah, blah, blah. I, I, please, like enlighten me on your thoughts on Ohio State beating Indiana. So essentially, it just comes down to like they won the game against the top 10 team. Like when in the history of college football has that not been enough? Like 
I, I just look at it like we're in a weird year and like, yes, Indiana, I think is pretty good when healthy, like when Michael Penix is quarterback and healthy, I think they're pretty good. And I think the sentiment that one, Ohio state took a step back by beating a top 10 team and two, that like it wasn't a good win. I think it's dumb. Like at the bottom, the bottom line is they won the game. Like I didn't see anyone holding Notre Dame's ugly 12, seven win over six loss Louisville over their head like that. I didn't see I didn't see anyone like jumping on Alabama for a long period of time about giving up a bunch of yards and points to Ole Miss. The point I was trying to make was you walked out of there with a win against a quality opponent, the only quality opponent you've you've played, and you act like the world's exploding. And yes, like I said when I tweeted out that stuff, like there's some defensive problems, especially in the secondary. You can't give up that many big plays. But they were up 35 to seven at one point, and going into the fourth quarter, they were up 42 to 21. I think the the problem is is that they're beating these teams really bad, and they're not they're not stepping on their necks. They're not like they're stepping off the gas, you know. And I don't think that's unnatural. I think all of these top tier programs have had instances like that throughout this year where they've been up bunch and then and then kind of gave up a little bit of the the big lead they had. I mean, I remember at one point there was a game where Clemson and Syracuse were played, and Clemson was, like, up eight in the third quarter. And now Clemson, like, beat them by 20 or something like that. But that kind of stuff happens. And for that to be held against them in the committee's room and in, like, Ohio State fandom's room, it's kind of weird to me. I don't know. Yeah, I totally agree. So I'm assuming you're you're not happy with the, with the number four by by Ohio State's name, and by not happy, I mean surely you're happy. You know that they're in the top four, probably going to make the playoff. But I'm assuming that you feel like they they should be higher. Uh, I mean, I think right now with the way everything's played out, and and sh- like I think if they played this last weekend, they would still be on track, and I'd still be a little upset that they weren't third. Um, but with them only playing four games, I'm okay with them being at four. Like. They have everything ahead of them. The only thing that bothers me is that it seems like Ohio State's being the only team that's docked for having some issues. And I, I recorded a solo podcast that you never put out, by the way. And I never got <laughs> it. And, uh, well, whatever. And I kind of went on a rant, rant about it. And, like, it's like, well, all four of these teams, all five, six teams that are that are considered in the playoff have had their issues, their fair share of issues during the season. It's not like Ohio State's this on the outside looking in in terms of, like, problems. Uh, and and I, I talked about Notre Dame beating Louisville. I talked about Ole Miss giving uh, Alabama the business on offense. And I talked about Clemson losing a game. And Texas A&M, like, all, like all these teams have had things on their resume that aren't perfect. And like to expect Ohio State to to be perfect and not hold that standard to the other teams, especially like Notre Dame and teams like that, like it kind of bothers me. But but now after a week has passed and after they got their game canceled, I'm kind of I don't have a problem with them being fourth. I'd like to know your opinion on that too because I feel like yeah I feel like Ohio State's being being like criticized a little differently than the rest of the teams, and that's probably because they played less games. But at the same time, like, does the Illinois game really move the needle on their resume? Does Michigan State really move the needle on their resume? They have one of the best quarterbacks in the country, if not the best quarterback in the country, and they have the best wide receiver group tied probably with Alabama in the nation. Like, that's all you need to know. Like, talent wins out in this sport. It always has. Yeah. 
So I think part of it is just the fact that they've only played four games. I think another part of it is this is not a shot at Ohio State, even though it's going to come off like that. They are not as good as they were last year. They were, I think, way better last year than they are this year. And that's simply because, you know, before they lost, we were like, Ohio State is on track to be one of the best college football teams that we've ever seen, right? And I think that when you see teams take a step back, even if it is from being, you know, one of the greatest teams we've ever seen to being a really, really good football team, I I feel like it it hurts you in the eyes of the committee. I think that's part of it. I think the four-game thing is a problem. They're not getting the same treatment. I mean, they're ranked third, and I, I, I think that they've also played, what, eight games? Nine games? Yeah, but they've, that they've and, beat the same amount of top ten teams as Ohio State has. Like, oh, are we yeah. splitting hairs over NC State and Purdue and Illinois? And, like, are, are we really, like, are we moving the needle with that? Like, I, I don't know. I see what yeah. you're saying, but, like, everyone has pretty much taken a step back. Alabama was was a two-loss team last year, didn't look great after Tua got hurt, and they are back to what we expect them to be. That's fine. But, like, are we really going to hold Ohio State to this the standard of, like, one of the best college football teams ever and knock them for that? Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. But when you think of Ohio State, I think that that's the first thing that jumps out at you. When you think about Clemson, the first thing that jumps out at you is – they're better than Notre Dame. Their quarterback was just missing, and they're missing three of their defensive linemen. Like Those are just the first thoughts that come with the program. So I feel like that's why it's not hurting Clemson as much, right, which is that's weird. That's an elementary take. That's like no thought at all. That's like the very base level thought. Like... I don't like I I don't excuse that thought that that thinking. I mean, it's definitely a part of it, but like that is like the least amount of thinking you can do in regards to that. Would you agree with well, that? Let's be like honest. there's more than that. Well, let's let's be honest, EG. There are very few people who have the same amount of intellect as we do. When it comes to college football, right? Like I mean, I'm with you. Like I don't think Ohio State should be held back for these things. This is just what I think is happening in the eyes of the committee. Right. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, and so I just think that I think that that's a big part of it, right? Like, like is that not the first thing that you think about when you think about Clemson? That and like, like let's be honest, they're Clemson. I know Clemson you know? is one of the best four teams in the country, regardless. I don't have to. Yes. I don't have to pick and choose which thought I want to have about it. Like, I know in my heart of hearts, deep down, like I'm sure a lot of people do, that Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson are the three best college football programs. And if there's, and if Ohio State doesn't lose. Or even if Ohio State doesn't lose and doesn't get to play all their games, like I know that if you know anything about college football deep down, you know those three teams are the best the best three teams in college football. Yes, totally agree. And that's my problem is that it seems like we're changing criteria and, and trying to like pick holes and and t like and I don't want to I I am sounding like a homer, but like. I have admitted Ohio State has flaws. Like, you've heard them. Like, you've heard me talk about them. Like, I'm not saying they're the best team in the country. Alabama is the best team in the country as of right now when we're recording this podcast. I think Clemson is probably just a little bit ahead of Ohio State as well. I don't think Notre Dame's better than Ohio State, though. So I am critical of Ohio State, but when you're talking about one of the best four teams in college football, like, you have to be fair and and give them the credit that they deserve. Yeah, I I think that's totally fair. I feel like when we hear stuff on ESPN and hear stuff from this this 
Buckeye Talk podcast where one of the guys on there is, is talking about a scenario where an undefeated Ohio State gets jumped in the top four. Like, are you like, are you kidding me? Like, that that if that happens, like, I don't care what team it is. It could be Clemson on that bubble. It could be Alabama on that bubble. Like, if you're undefeated and you're one of those three teams, you have built up enough equity to to say that definitively that you are one of the best four teams, which is what this is about, right? That's how they pick it. They yes. want the best four teams. Yeah. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I think one of the problems that we also have is that the committee has never been given a defined way to evaluate what is the quote-unquote best team, right? So, like, like one year it's like, well, what's your resume look like, right? And then there's another year where it's like, you know, a bunch of teams go 11-1 and and one team goes 12-0. It's like, well, who'd you lose to, right? So the criteria changes every year, and so it's hard for us to know what the playoff committee is going to do. I think it's hard for the playoff committee to know how to rank these teams and to split hairs between three and four, right? Because let's be honest, they're between two and three. No one cares. You're playing the same team. The discrepancy comes between three and four because we usually know who the best team in the country is, at least at the end of the regular season. We we think we know. So really, splitting hairs between the three and four that criteria changes every year. And so it's hard for us to look at the college football playoff committee and be like, yeah, you're doing this right. Because the pattern changes and how they split hairs every year changes. I mean, yeah, but at, at, that's what they're they're on the committee to do. And I feel like for the most part, they get it right. Like, I do too. I know, we, I know we make a big fuss about these early rankings and like they can do whatever they want in these early rankings, but... At the end of the day, when that final ranking comes out, are they going to be able to sleep with uh, with their results? Are they going to be able to take the heat for their results, like what they decide? You know, so I think I think for the most part, I think there's a couple times, like 2016, when Penn State won the Big Ten and Ohio State got in it. Still, like I think there's some instances of that. Even then, like I still think Ohio State was the better team. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, there are some instances. I mean, 2014, the first playoff, like, TCU, Baylor, Ohio State. Like, there are some instances where there's controversy. But, like, most of the time it works itself out and the committee gets it right. I just think that this year they are more susceptible to, like, weird reasoning. And I think we're seeing that. Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. Um, but I, I think you're right. Like, at the end of the day... As long as we end up with Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State, I don't think we're going to care. Because look, because even if you do end up as the four seed, if you're the best team in the country, you should beat the one seed anyway, right? Like, am I wrong in, in thinking that? No, I mean that's how Ohio State won their national title in in fourteen. They were the four seed and played the number one Alabama. Yeah, like I mean, I don't. Know, I, I feel like as long you as you end to, up in in the top four. Yeah, you as long as you are given a fair shot at the table. Like, whatever happens, wherever you're seated, whatever. But it's kind of, at this point, I mean, barring a loss from Alabama, which doesn't seem like it's likely. I mean, Florida, I still think they beat Florida pretty easily. Um, I think they beat them easily. Yeah, I just, I I think they're just a lot better. I don't know. I just think they are. I think that the offense that Florida has will be not stopped, but I I just, I just don't see a scenario where Alabama loses that game. Well, that's, that's not even my point. My point is, I, like, this top four should hold, without a doubt, unless someone loses. Like, I don't think yes. there's any like I don't think there's room for Texas A&M or Florida to get in if the the rest of these four teams just do what they're supposed to do. And like, even if Cle- like if Clemson loses to Notre Dame, fine, you can put Florida in there, or Texas A&M in there. But like, if Clemson beats Notre Dame, your top four is set today. Like, 
And I, so, I think there's rumblings that that's not a possibility, and that bothers me because it seems like what if? Go ahead. So he, here's here's my question. So I I don't think it really matters for Ohio State. Like if if they play five games, go five and zero, don't get a bid in the Big Ten championship. I still think they're in because I think we'd agree they're one of the top four teams in the country. But if Clemson goes out and just rolls Notre Dame, beats them by like four touchdowns, dances on their grave, I, I just I think I think they'd bump Notre Dame out and slide A and M in. You think that's that's go the A&M only over thing. Florida? Well, because Florida will lose to Alabama in the ACC know, championship really and think, give them two losses. I really think the plus plus A and M beat Florida. Yeah, but I really think the committee thinks Florida's better than A and M. They just don't have a reason to move them past them because of that head-to-head. I think if something yeah. crazy happens like that, I think they're like, okay, like enough. Like we think Florida's better than Texas A and M. Yeah. So I, like honestly, I I I don't know a, a sane person in that that discusses college football that actually thinks Texas A and M is better than Florida. I I don't think they are. I watched the entire Florida and A and M game. Both teams, I think, have the same problem. You know, the defenses aren't spectacular. And I do think that, especially at this point in the season, because Florida played A&M early in the season. Teams get better as the year goes on. Florida's well, offense Texas is A&M way more has, dynamic. has one of the better defense, defenses. It has the top defense in the SEC. Yeah, yeah but they haven't really played anybody outside of Florida. They haven't yeah. played anybody outside of Florida. That, that's why their, their defensive stats and everything look so good. But I think that, you know, at this point... You know, A&M's defense is not very good. I watched them play Florida. They gave up 38. I mean, that's I guess that's good for college football today, but I wasn't very impressed. I didn't think Florida played very well that game. And look, like it, that was, what, six weeks ago? You know, like team, yeah. teams get better. I think Florida's better than A&M at this point in the season. So I, I have a question for you. So what happens, let's say Ohio State doesn't get to play this weekend cuz that's that's still a possibility, right? Like I know I know coach Day isn't coaching. Do you kind of have like an update on that cuz I don't want to go into this hypothetical if if it's not even going to be an option. Well, players returned to the practice facility. Um so that's a good sign. Um they haven't they so they aren't shutting down team activity. Um so that's good. Obviously, Ryan Day is not going to be able to coach this weekend. Um, but right now, it looks like things are trending towards them being able to play, um, which would be best case scenario, uh, barring any setbacks. So I think they'll play. I don't know who's tested positive or who's going to be available. They haven't they haven't disclosed that information yet. But it looks like if I had to guess, they'd be playing on Saturday. So okay. Well, I, I want to do this hypothetical. So let's say that Ohio State gets screwed. Michigan comes down with COVID, and they're not, a, and Michigan isn't able to play, leaving Ohio State out, out there to dry. That'd be the ultimate revenge for Michigan. Ruin Ohio State's chance of getting into the Big Ten championship. Yeah. So let's say Ohio State only gets to play five games. They go five and zero. Florida beats Alabama in the SEC championship game. What does the playoff committee do? That's that's my thing. That's where I don't know what to do. So, like, what would you do? Because I, I have no clue. Because Ohio State's definitely deserving, but they've only played five games. I mean, you said it yourself. You think Alabama l- looks like the best team in the country. Let's say Florida plays out of their mind. They beat Alabama. And let's say Clemson beats Notre Dame on, like, a last-second field goal. That's a lot of ifs, but 
just for fun, let's say it happens. Like, what do you do there? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, it would be hard to keep Florida out. It would be. In that but, case. But the question would be, do we really think Florida's better than Ohio State? I personally I, I would say that, no. That's like the only case where it's like, man, that's hard to deny. Yeah. And, see, the, I'm just saying all this to prove the fact that we need to expand it to at least six teams this year. At least six. I think we should go to eight. But at the same time, I'm looking at Georgia at eight, and I'm like, do I really want to see them play Alabama again? Not really. So I, I, I think that we should just expand it to six to take all this what-if stuff out of the question. And, like, they can still do that. I don't know why the NCAA is just, like, rushing towards this deadline. We're going to do everything as if COVID isn't happening. Because, like, it is happening. It is a thing. And so like, let's just, like, expand it to six teams. Let's push back, you know, our our conference championship dates a couple weeks to let teams like Ohio State play their six or seven games so we don't have to worry about any of this crap. Yeah, but then again, like, that would almost just be catering to the Big Ten making a bad decision. And I don't, like, that's not Ohio State's fault. That's not anybody in the Big Ten's fault as far as coaches and players. But, like, I feel like you'd then be rewarding a conference that zigged when everyone else zagged and it didn't work out. Yeah, well, I mean, Alabama's had games canceled. You know, they're playing. Right, but they um, also had leeway to get them back. Like, the Big Ten doesn't have that. That's true. Also, I heard something as well that Big Ten's looking into adjusting the schedule since Northwestern and Michigan got canceled. So Ohio State would play this weekend uh, against Michigan State, and then instead of playing Michigan, they would play Maryland. So they would get their game in, uh, enough games in to qualify for the Big Ten championship. Um, I think that's smart. I think that makes sense. There's no reason that Rutgers Rutgers should be playing eight games and Ohio State can only play five when there is a workaround to even it out, kind of. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that. I don't know. I just think the... I just I think, hope the, they can do that. I think the whole thing is I think the whole thing is is wild. I mean, the ACC just adjusted their schedule to make sure that Clemson and uh, Notre Dame could rematch. Um, yep. So I mean, it's not out smart. of the realm of possibility. That's so smart. Yeah, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Another conference has already done it to set it up for their better teams. So I think the Big Ten could follow suit. But then again, I've lost all trust and faith in the Big Ten in this environment. I think they just. <laughs> I, I think they have the right. I think they are. They they have the right idea. They've just been so terrible at executing it and communicating it with us that um, I've pretty much lost all trust with them. I I guess all this to say like the committee normally gets it right, but the I just feel like they're I feel like there's some variables that are never discussed in any other year that shouldn't really be discussed this year. Like you shouldn't be kept out of the playoff because you caught COVID. Like. Yeah, And, again, like, the games that they've missed, they missed Maryland. Did you really think that they were going to lose to Maryland? No. I mean, you you had a you had a slight feeling that you felt like it could be a tough game for them. But, no. Like, I don't think that Ohio State would have been beaten by Maryland. And, like, do you think them canceling the Illinois game moves the needle on their resume? Do you think they're going to be like, oh, well, they no, beat Illinois on not. the road? Exactly. Like, it, like... It's just all seems like it's like pick and choose what you want, uh, like how you want it instead of there being like a, a like logical and reasonable take on things. Like Ohio State getting their game canceled against Michigan or 
like let's say their Indiana game got canceled, then we can start talking about strength of record and strength of schedule. But like they played their top yeah. ten team, they have the same amount of top ten wins as, as three of the team, like three two other teams in the top four. Like they're right where they belong. Yeah, I I totally agree. So yeah, I'm with you. So can can we pivot a little bit to something that I just love talking about? I get heated over and that it stuff is, for sure. I know you do. Can can we talk about uh, college football teams that have fired their head coaches and like coaching searches? Because yeah, I think that after this weekend, Matt Campbell is going to be on the top of everybody's list in both the NFL and across and across the college football landscape. And then, so I've I've been doing some research, right? And I'm going to make a bold prediction here and say that Hugh Freeze will not leave Liberty this year. Why would he? Really? See, I just feel like... He's he's making a bunch of money for a team that's not expected to do much. And, like, he's very, very much over, like, over expectations. So, I mean, right now, I I feel like the money might not be there uh, as much as it would be in another year. So, like, stay at Liberty, win your 10, 11 games, jump up and get Virginia Tech. Like, enjoy that for a little bit before you go and and take on a job that is going to be a lot tougher, presumably. So, what if... What if I said that he won't ever leave? I could see that too. I mean, I literally think he has it made there. So, do you know what the largest school in the country is? It's. I'm going to say Liberty. It is Liberty. With over... So, one site that I've read said over 100,000 students when you count online graduate programs plus undergrad when you add everything together it's over 100,000 some have said some some have said over 75,000 some have said over over 85,000 either way ginormous school okay so we've got some people around here who went to the University of Liberty and have told me did you really that's cool yep Joe win uh I think we lost that series it happens so yeah they were good do you know do you know how much money Liberty has in the bank right now, just sitting there, just chilling, hadn't been like touched. Five hundred million. Double it, one billion dollars with a B. Okay, so they've got money to build facilities equivalent or better than you know teams like Ohio State and Alabama, and you know these Power Five teams that care about football. They have the money to go out and build facilities that are just as good if not better than you know than, than than these power 5 programs and there's murmurs that they want to be similar to Notre Dame you know they want to be the non power 5 team that's really freaking good at football and with a guy like Hugh Freeze who's i think one of the best coaches in the country and the money that they have they could totally do that are you turning liberty into a national power right now i'm just saying that liberty could be a national power like they definitely have the resources <laughs> to do it i don't think they, they definitely have the team. resources they, they i mean they have the resources to do it they have the right coach to do it i mean i don't know why they wouldn't do it you know that's a lot that's more money for your school right right and i mean they're trending in the right direction they're a good football team let's make no mistake about it they're play away from being undefeated and having wins over some decent ACC opponents seriously and so I don't, I don't want to jump the gun here but you know how we we do picks every week yeah 
So I think we should both find our, our, our underdog pick for the week, a team that we definitely think is going to cover and could possibly win. Because I, I have mine, and it, it's Liberty. They play, they're going to crush Coastal Carolina. They're 11-point underdogs. They're going to absolutely crush them. I think, they, I think they could win by 21. I do too. Seriously. Like here, let me let me double check. I believe the last time I checked, the, the line was eleven. My computer is frozen. This is this is what we want. This is good podcasting. This is great. This is what pe- people want to hear. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Let me see if I can find it. Come on. Yeah, I feel like this I should fill the silence with, with, with some rest music. <laughs> Did you hear me? I said I feel tweet like I should us. fill this silence with, with some Russ music. <laughs> with, yeah, yeah. Tweet us, tweet us some of your favorite Russ songs, um, and send us your top artists on Spotify while Jonathan's computer unfreezes. Here we go. I got it. So yeah, uh, Coastal Carolina is an eleven point favorite. I mean, I'm I'm taking Liberty to definitely cover. I, I think they'll beat them. Liberty money line. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. So, man. <laughs> so I don't know anything do, do about wanna, them other than they're good. I don't know one player on their team. I just know they're good. I watched them play Virginia I just, Tech. I just know that Hugh Freeze is their coach, and I have a lot of respect for him because I think he's a really good coach. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're definitely setting up to be like the new Cincinnati or like in that conversation with like Cincinnati. Oh, I mean, t- totally agree. So, do do we want to start looking at, at the games this weekend? Because you know, I was looking before. I really think there's only one that people care about, and outside of that, there are some that are like, "eh, okay." Which one? Because so, I don't see any. Wisconsin and, and Indiana. Oh, you know, it, it was interesting. It was interesting. Then we find out that that might. Yeah, I ha- I hate that Michael Penix Jr.'s out. Because honestly, if he was playing, I'd I'd take them to beat Wisconsin. He's good. Like let's let's stop the the Indiana isn't good. Like they proved they were good. They like Michael Penix was good. Their receivers are good. Fry Fogel and and Watt Filler are good. Like, but now it's like who who are you getting to back up at at Indiana that's gonna really do anything? You know. Yeah, that and Indiana could not run the football against Ohio State. It was terrible. They the, I, like I think they had two eighty against Maryland the next week, which is just. Another reason why, like, I don't know. You know, you know where I'm going. Yep, but they also threw for 500 yards, which is very impressive. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, Ohio State has its problems too. But I don't know. This game, yeah. like, like you said, coming into it, if you if it was Michael Penix versus Graham Mertz, like, I would have to tune in. But now I really just expect it to be like twenty to fourteen final and just be the most boring game ever. Classic Big Ten football. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. So you know who has a legitimate shot at going undefeated? USC. No. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> USC may go undefeated. They've got Washington State. They'll beat them, and then they play UCLA. Oh, okay. I have a, a Chip Kelly take that that I forgot to drop earlier, and you're gonna hear it, and you're gonna be like, "Jonathan, stop talking," but you you, you gotta let me say the whole thing, okay? Okay. Chip Kelly, in a way, in a very specific way, 
is the Steph Curry of college football. So when when you think of Steph Curry, obviously, you know, you think the the ability to shoot the three, you know, and the championships that he's won and all that other stuff. But I think the most significant thing about Stephen Curry is that he's changed the way that they play basketball at the NBA level. And I think Chip Kelly is a big reason why we play football the way we play football now at the college football level. Right? Like he was kind of the first one to do the the up tempo RPO athletic quarterback kind of thing. And so I think Chip Kelly is very important to college football today and the way that it looks. Your thoughts on that? I think you're right. I don't I think you're disrespecting Steph Curry a little bit, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> Um, I get what you're saying. He he was a trailblazer for this type of spread up tempo offense. Yes, um, but like with anything, like to be like Steph Curry is still one of the best to do it at his position. Like Chip Kelly is no longer that. Like he's been he's been passed up by a lot of these coaches who do the thing that he incorporated better. Like they just do it better than him now, and like that's okay. So yeah, I'll give him credit for kind of uh, like trailblazing that kind of idea um but i won't give him credit because there's guys that have took it take taken his idea and and took it places he never could yeah well the problem with him is that he's just not a great recruiter that's where he started like he's great scheme wise but like even when he was at oregon like he didn't recruit fantastically like marcus Mariota wasn't super sought out you know like when you look go back look at his recruiting classes he was a very average recruiter and i think that's kind of his been his downfall but whatever yeah See, I bet that when people turn this on, they weren't expecting a, a Chip Kelly take. That's why. That's why we do this. We, I mean, we could talk about the the playoff rankings all day, but like, I mean, who who doesn't want their little dose of Chip Kelly? That's right. Like, he's very important to college football. So, okay, last thing seriously, but but before we do our picks, so you you tweeted something out, and. I need you to I've defend it. I've been really it. active on Twitter lately, by the way. You have been. It's been great. I, I, I love I love it when you're active on Twitter. It, it makes my Twitter feed so much better. So, And I just need you to explain it to me. I'm going to accept your answer no matter what it is. But you said that you do not like college basketball. Oh, God. And I, I just need it. to know why. I, I, I need to know why. Good. They're just not good at basketball. Like, the like. I look at the NBA and like I I I can watch a random weekday regular season NBA game that really means nothing and be like mesmerized by how good they are and like what they can do athletically and stuff like that. Like even watching that Champions Classic last night, which I do some I do watch those games just to see like prospects and stuff. I don't watch it for like it's meaningless. It means nothing. And the product that they show us isn't enough to outweigh the meaningless for me. Like, does that make sense? Like, in the NBA, the product is so good that even if the game doesn't matter, I'm still, like, intrigued by it and, like, impressed by them. Like, in a college basketball game in December or November, like, it means absolutely nothing in a in a macro sense. And, like, the product just doesn't match it. Yeah, totally fair. Like, I'm sick of watching dudes brick... F- I'm, I'm sick of watching games that don't reach 60 points. Like... The NBA, the NBA only plays eight more minutes than college basketball, and you can't break sixty points. Yeah, that's fair. So, my my biggest concern is that like you just watch Virginia play because 
Virginia never breaks 60 points. I watched why they lost Kentucky to and San Kansas Francisco. play last night, and they barely reached Dude, 60. Terrible. Neither team could shoot. Kentucky's a, a normal Kentucky team. Long. They're going to protect the rim and rebound. They've got one star. That Boston kid is good. Golly. Tall, long, can handle the ball. Can't shoot, but what's new? It's Kentucky. You know, they've... They rebound the ball well, and they protect the rim, and they play good defense. And they don't shoot the basketball well, ever, unless they have Tyler Hero or Devin Booker on their team. And if they do, those are the boring. only guys who can shoot. And they come off the bench, like, it's bo- it's boring. Like, college basketball is boring. At least when I watch the NBA, like, I can see the best defense ever played, and that guy's still going to make a 30-footer in your face. Like, I, yeah. I am sick of watching college basketball players just brick after brick, wide open corner threes. Like the point of playing basketball, the point of the game is scoring more points than your team, than the other team. And like, no one can score. Like I saw like what Arkansas put up one forty seven, Something like that. Yeah. That, that was probably fun to watch, but that never happens. I like, it's just, it's so boring and it, the product is so bad and it doesn't, it doesn't like the, even especially this year with no atmosphere, like it's brutal, man. I I can't watch it, and the referees are terrible. Like it's the just referees so bad. are bad. I don't want to watch a game with thirty five fouls. Like, and that seems like every college basketball game there is. I don't know. It, there's just a lot of things wrong with it. I think that's fair. I was discussing with this with my brothers over Thanksgiving about how if they had a, a two and done rule instead of a one and done rule, college basketball would be so much better. Like. If they were talking about watching guys like Tim Duncan play for four years and Christian Leitner and stuff like that and how fun it was to watch those guys like do that over uh, more than a year. And it's like these guys that come in aren't ready. Like they're not developed fully. Like there's a few guys that are, but like they're not developed. They, they've never played in such a high-intensity environment with the way AAU ball is. Like they just, they just don't know how to play high-level basketball yet for the most part. And like – it would benefit college basketball if those guys would stay or were ha- or ha- or made to stay or they could go out of high school or they had to stay two or three years like the other sports do. But, like, where it's at right now, it's just so boring. Yeah. I think that the only good thing that the one-and-done rule does is it keeps the idea of a Cinderella team around. You know, like, Richmond beat Kentucky the other day because they have a whole bunch of seniors and they've played together – and they're good basketball players because they played college basketball for four years, right? And so, like, when tournament time comes around, Richmond's going to have a shot just because they're older and they're more mature. And I think if you introduce a two-and-done rule, I think it kind of ruins that. And that's one of the draws of March Madness is that there are upsets. Well, what, and like, that's where that's where, that's where basketball makes all their money. There's upsets early, but no one, like, you, you talk about all these upsets in college basketball, but at the end of the day, look at your final fours. Like... They're legit programs. There's not like George Mason is such a big deal because they went so far. Like that doesn't just happen. Like teams don't just win national titles out of nowhere. Like so, like yeah. them beating Kentucky, like whatever. Like even if they upset someone in the first round, whatever. Like it doesn't change anything for the national title contention. Like it's just not. It's just it's. It just doesn't have very much meaning. If that makes sense, like it doesn't. It doesn't mean anything. Like the best teams are and are gonna win. Like just like yeah. At least in college football, the seasons 
like shorter and one game can change your season. Like them losing Kentucky, losing to Richmond and losing to Evansville last year literally does nothing. Like it doesn't help them. It doesn't hurt them. It really like, it doesn't do anything for them. Like, and it really doesn't do much for Richmond either. Like, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I just think that for me, the draw, just the college sports in general, actually here, last thing on this basketball two and done thing. I'd like to see them go to a baseball rule where you can go straight out of high school. If you go to college, you got to stay for three years, especially with this development of the NBA possibly doing a thing where guys can go straight into the G League. I think it kind of lines up perfectly because the G League is basically the minor leagues of the NBA. I think it's a really possible thing that, that they could do. But anyway, I think one of my favorite things about college sports is seeing guys get better over the course of time, whether it's from... You know, their their freshman year playing quarterback at Clemson to Trevor Lawrence, seeing how much he's improved now, even though it seems like he hasn't improved because he's been good from the jump. And I think that you see that even more in college basketball where, like, James Harden at Arizona State, seeing him there and to where he's at now, I just think is so cool. I love seeing the development, and I love I love the the take possibility of college basketball, right? Because you can look at a guy – and be like, yeah, he averaged like 12 points a game and five rebounds and two assists. But you can tell that the kid's going to be really good, right? And so it just opens up doors for me to make these crazy takes and end up being right 45% of the time. Yeah, and another thing with that, it's like the guys that come out of the draft now, like 75% of the entire draft class is going to suck. You're yeah. never going to hear from them again. 25% you'll know who they are. The rest of them you'll never hear from again. And, like, that would be different if if they had some development in their college years and, like, weren't able to just leave and, like, be a, every after the lottery, even sometimes in the lottery, like, you're just a project. Like, that's just not good for the sport. That's good for the NBA because they can stockpile people that they can develop and stuff, but you're not going to hear from them probably for another three, four years. Like, like, those guys after those top three, like, who knows? Like, Patrick Williams, do you really think Patrick Williams is going to be a household name in the next two years, like John Moran or Zion? Like, you know what I, Like, yeah. it's just, if, if he stays in college, he could be a number one pick and make an impact immediately. Like, yeah. Bar, like, and it's just like, these are, the, all of these variables are, are helping the NBA and hurting college basketball. Yeah, I totally agree. So, what a college football podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. So, let's get back to college football picks for this weekend. What what games do you want to pick? You can you can pick them this time. You can. I okay. feel like I always do that. So you can Man. go. This is my computer. All right, it's a bad there week. we go. We're good. Bad week. So um, Michigan State has already ruined two team seasons so far this year. Does it happen again this weekend? Forty eight seventeen final. <laughs> yeah, uh, totally agree. Ohio State's played Michigan State. Ohio State by a lot. So I'm kind of intrigued by this Texas A&M and Auburn game. A&M's only a seven-point favorite. So I like A&M, but there's a, there's a part of me that wouldn't be surprised if Auburn beat them. I could see another game like where they played LSU where the final score is like 24-7. to Chad Morris sucks, by the he way. He does. He's terrible. I totally agree. I can't stand him. He's awful. You know, and well, people yeah, are like, oh, I what's could... happened to Auburn's offense? They hired a terrible offensive coordinator. That's what they did. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think Texas a and is going to run it up, but I think they just, like, control the game and win probably, like, 24-7 to or 24-13 to or something like that. That's fair. So Oklahoma State's only getting two and a half against TCU. TCU's winning that game. Really? Yeah, TCU's like going to win. I like it. I like it. Oh, probably, we like, didn't... 45-42 or something like that. Some crazy score. <laughs> So, we didn't talk about Notre Dame beating North Carolina at all. And I've got to be like honest. A, like they played well? Like I was impressed. That's the most impressed I think I've been with, with Notre Dame this season. Because I really like North Carolina's offense. Sam Howell's a really good quarterback, and they held him to 17 points. Got to admit, I was impressed with their defense. Whatever. It's, you're, is North Carolina good or not? You've said they aren't good. Like I don't know what to think about them. You said on this podcast that they're not good. Like so, why are we giving them credit for basically winning by a touchdown? They got their last touchdown because in the garbage playoff, time. The playoff committee thinks that they're good. Well, then why did the did Ohio State not get the respect from beating a, a higher ranked team than them? Like, yeah, you're right. I'm I'm with you. Yeah, you're right. It's just it, I'm just like, I'm just trying cool, to make it they interesting, beat the man. Number, they beat the number nineteen team in the country by two touchdowns when it it was a, a score game for pretty much 55 minutes like at least Ohio State was up 35 to 7 and 42 21 and let their foot off the gas Notre Dame was in a dog fight with North Carolina I don't care what you say and like Ian Book yeah, running around making flippy dippy throws that like are 50 50 picks or catches like a better defense more athletes that doesn't fly he doesn't get around the pocket like that he does not able to scramble like that against teams that are that he's gonna have to play in the in the playoff like i'm sick of that agree like they they beat a they beat a team that any team in the top six should handle yeah i totally agree that's that's a good take so i'm so yeah i'm i'm ready for for conference championship week I feel like we're just kind of get, getting redundant, talking about the same thing every week. Um, but I think we're both in agreement. We have Liberty handling Coastal Carolina pretty easily. Shouldn't be any surprises this weekend. Alabama does play LSU, but LSU is so bad this year that I I think Alabama handles them. I, just, I don't know. I'm, I'm ready for, for these conference championships because I'm ready to talk Alabama-Florida. I'm ready to talk Clemson and Notre Dame Part 2. I'm ready to talk about, I guess it'll be Ohio State and Wisconsin. I, that one's not as interesting, but, you know, I'm, I'm just ready for, like, for for bowl season to get here because I feel like there's just going to be so much more to talk about instead of us just running around in circles talking about Russ and college basketball. Well, no, I mean, I think we did. Uh, I, think we, I think we touched on what we needed to touch on. It's not our fault that – We did. Um, that the schedule is the way it is. But, yeah, I mean – you know, I mean, I don't want to come off as a homer because I feel like I did, but like I felt like I had some genuine, like, reasonable things to say about this week's rankings and the way that it's going so far. So, yeah. Oh yeah, you did. You're good. So can, if if I was a homer here for a sec, can, will, would that would that make you feel better? I don't want to hear about Arkansas though. So all all, all I'm gonna say is that Missouri's head coach came out and kind of clowned. Arkansas a little bit, and uh, he was like, um, 
our real rival is Kansas. We just replaced them with a team with an AR in front of it. Something stupid like that. And so, um, because of that, I, I like Arkansas to beat Missouri handily. I kind of liked them to beat them handily before. I'm trying to find the line on it. Um, I can see I, Arkansas I, losing I, that game really easily. See, I, I think that we're finally healthy. Like, all of our... We should have an almost full roster roster against them. Um, I haven't really been like Missouri can score. I don't really like their defense, and Arkansas's defense has been pretty solid this year. Um, so I'm I think Barry Odom is going to do a, a good job again. I think this game's definitely personal for him since this is where he coached before. So I, I mean I, I like Arkansas to win. I think I think it's one of those things where. You know, I think either Arkansas wins. Hand, I, I think I think it's it's an easy win either way. Like I think Missouri either wins pretty easily or Arkansas wins pretty easily. Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't know. I I think this is just one of those classic games where Arkansas loses and everybody's like, "What the heck happened?" And it's like, "Well, you guys just aren't that good yet." We're getting there. We're we're definitely better than we were last year. That's really that's all fine, I asked for this year. Do you disagree that that that's definitely in the realm of possibility? Yeah, it it definitely is. I think that you know Arkansas just doesn't have the guys yet, you know. And last time I checked, I think their recruiting class ranking right now is like number nineteen in the country. That's pretty solid. Obviously, you want to be higher, especially when you're in the SEC and there's ten other teams in front of you, even though you're at nineteen. But look, like if you have you know a recruiting class around nineteen, you should have the guys that are good enough to win. And if Barry Odom keeps coaching the way he has been and the offense continues to improve. If you have athletes like that, you at least give yourself a shot against some of these other teams. Yeah, you do. And, like, beating Missouri shouldn't be, like... An accomplishment. It shouldn't, it shouldn't sh- be. Yeah, it shouldn't be an accomplishment. It shouldn't be a thing where you're, like, you're grading your, your team. You're, you're finding out what your team's about. Like, that, the Missouri game, to get to where you guys want to go, should be... Let's look at the schedule. What are our automatic wins? If Missouri's on the schedule, it should be without a doubt an automatic win. It shouldn't. It shouldn't even yeah. be a conversation. To get to where you the, guys the measurement, go. the measurement for Arkansas should be: we look at our schedule every year, we write nine games down as easy wins, and then we hope that we can beat LSU or Alabama or A and M because I think A and M is is trending up. So. I think that that's the ceiling for Arkansas. I don't think they're ever going to be a team that consistently competes for national championships. But I do think that they're. I do think that they could be in a position where they win eight or nine games every year and then play LSU and A and M close and they get handled by Alabama. Yeah, and that's that's the ceiling. I hope that's like that's the absolute best case scenario. Yeah, I t- totally agree. Yeah. So is that all we got? I think that's all we got. So thank you guys so much for listening. Follow us on Twitter. My personal is at jschmidt underscore four. The official Twitter of the podcast is at OT Takes. And then ZG is ZGray22. Something at, like that. Za- at GrayZach22. G-R-A-Y-Z-A-C-K-22. I've been popping off with a lately, K. so hit me with a follow. You have been. You have been. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Overtime Takes. Love you guys.